Hello and welcome to episode 30 of Let's Talk Games, Final Fantasy playthrough, Abbey Adventure. <laughs> Before we kick off, happy holidays to everybody listening. Yay! I uh, hope you're having a really nice time and things have been great for you. We said that we were going to try and keep to the same recording schedule, but you should know by now that we suck. So sorry. <laughs> we but we're having, here now! Yeah, we had a busier holiday the period than we expected, but we're back. So yeah, so we start off and Sethiwal's energy barrier is down. Yeah, and this so is because Rufus fired Rufus. Rufus fired the sister ray at the northern crater, destroyed the barrier, and then he got killed by weapons missiles. Yeah. So the crew's like, right, we're off. Yeah. And then there's a big hold up a minute. Cut to the boardroom by Kate Sith. Well, yeah, because Kate Sith's like, hold up a minute, there's Something's something happening. going on in yeah. Midgar. So it cuts to Scarlet and Heidegger talking about what's going on. They can't reach the president because... The penthouse was destroyed by weapons missiles. The penthouse. Uh, sorry, the um, the corporate president's office. Yeah, Shinra Terror. <laughs> so the but the reactor output is increasing by itself. And yeah, Scarlet comments that um, the gun needs to cool down and recharge before it fires again. So this this could be really bad. So it's basically somebody has switched it from like its automatic power down to like they say mainframe operation, but basically manual. Yeah, I'm guessing that like local cut ins been put into place. And of course, Tojo. Tojo Mojo. And Abby at this point just out loud went, oh, of course it's Hojo. <laughs> and I wrote in my notes, he's an actual knobhead. <laughs> Which he is. Yeah. My God, this man is so annoying. This man is the root cause of every single problem in this game. He's the worst. He he's the true bad guy. He's the true bad guy. He created Sephiroth. He lied about Dr. Gast's research to Shinra. Yeah. He misused Genova. He um, experimented on Zack and Cloud. And has obviously experimented on hundreds of other people considering all the Sephiroth clones we find. He tried to make a Red Thirteen an Aerith mate. Yeah. <laughs> he he's he's acted under his it's like for completely his own um, like reasons for the whole game and just Shinra have assumed he's working for them. Right at the start of the game, when President Shinra, his boss, is killed, Genova, his research subject and responsibility disappears and Sephiroth, his creation, is presumed to have returned, he quits and goes on a holiday in the sun. <laughs> I mean, doesn't that sound like basically every politician we know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Didn't that just happen in Australia? Yeah, it kind of did. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Skomo. Anyway, so Hojo, Hojo has caused so many issues, and now he's overloading this gun. So, and then he says, he's like, I'll give you all the Mako you want. One or two Midgars is a small price to pay. Yeah. And I took this a bit differently from how it pans out. So I took it as a kind of like tough guy thing. Like, yeah. oh, you want Mako? I'll give you Mako. Yeah. Like, I don't care if all these people die if I just get you. Yeah. But that's, we find out a little bit later, that's not actually... What's going on. Yeah. So Barrett turns to Kate Seth and said, do something, you big cat. <laughs> Which is great. <laughs> Which is just so good. I, like, I want to say that to our cats all the time. <laughs> especially, especially Rumble, biggest cat ever. So Sid then adds to this and asks Kate Sith to do something about it as well. Yeah, he's like, if you're a human, yeah. you'll save the planet. Don't you even care. You yeah. must stop Hojo. And this obviously gets to Kate Sith because he then reveals himself. It's Reeve. Yeah. Anthony was like, do you know who it is yet? Do you know who it is yet? <laughs> well, you hadn't said at any point who your suspicions of Kate Sith were. And we'd, we'd gone around the subject a few times. 
So before he actually revealed himself, I wanted to know if you had any suspicions. And I was like, yeah, it's Reeve. Yeah, so it's Reeve. So Anthony thinks I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's really obvious as well. I mean, there's like, what, five or six characters on the board of Shinra. And One like, of them is, has a conscious <laughs> conscience. And the rest of them are dead, except for Scarlet and Heidegger, who we can see in the screen. And Palmer, who we thought we killed and then was alive again, but we haven't seen him since. Yeah, that's right. Actually, we didn't kill him, we got hit by a truck. Reeve then reveals himself. Yeah. And he says, Cloud and the others are on their way, stare of the way. Yeah. At, at which point, Heidegger and Scarlet completely forfeit their characters. They're literally, oh my goodness, they're like that annoying kid at school. You're not in charge! Yeah. Shop. So yeah, they're basically like, Rufus isn't here, we can do whatever we like. We're going to use the secret weapon. Yeah. Or the ultimate weapon. Yeah, Scarlet was like, I'm going to go and fire up the sistery or something like that. Um, and so then basically, they... come on guys, you have no idea what you're doing and you're annoying. And then somehow they magically summon Shinra troops to arrest Reeve. Yeah. So Reeve is now arrested. Reeve is now arrested. However, we can still use Kate Sith, apparently. Yeah. I, I have questions on how... The two that work together. Yeah. Especially because, as we find out in um, later Final Fantasy products, Final Fantasy VII products... Kate Sith has an incredibly strong, bad Scottish accent, <laughs> which Reeve does not have. I just, I actually brought this up earlier when we find out that Kate Sith is a robot. Because I was like, well, surely the robot handler, and in my mind at this point, it was just like some Shinra peon mm-hmm. that was controlling the robot. Surely he has like a lunch hour. <laughs> yeah, in the middle of the fight, he's like, I've got to go lunch break, guys. Yeah, or like, needs bathroom breaks. <laughs> I just think, I think Kate Sith is like, semi-autonomous yeah and doesn't need Reeve driving it all the time or something so is Kate Sith alive? well there's a big question for you I think there's a special bonus feature before we finish this let's this playthrough I was called a let's play <laughs> um, if people are interested I'm going to make Abby watch a couple of cutscenes from um, oh I can't remember the name of it now but it's the Vincent game and it has a lot of Kate Sith in it talking Scottish so we can get your reactions to Kate Sith's accent See, but what we might happen, and this happens over here, I am very aware of my Scottish accent, so I try and tone it down a bit. Except when you talk to your parents. Or if I meet any other Scottish person, <laughs> and suddenly I'm like, blah, 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 and everybody's looking at me like, I, I don't understand the word you said. That might happen. We'll see what happens. But yeah, um, Reeve is arrested, Kate Sith is still available, and the party realise they definitely need to do something now. Yeah. So we come up with a great plan. We need to get into Midgar. But all the transit in Midgar is off because of the emergency and there's no power. Yeah. So we can't go in through the bop through the, the slums and work our way up like we have in the past. Um, I can't remember who suggests it, but no, it's Cloud. He's like, we don't. Where are we right now? And they're like, outside Midgard. No, it's Sid. It's inside it's outside yeah. Midgard. So he goes, no, we're above Midgard. <laughs> um, and so they all jump off, including Yuffie. Yeah. And they go in like this this like party train <laughs> through the ship, and they all jump off with parachutes. And parachute into Midgard. Woohoo! I particularly loved Red 13 parachuting down. <laughs> and you could do tricks as Cloud as you fell. Yeah. Like, there's literally no reason to program that into, program that into the game. I bet you know, a lot of people didn't even push the controls during this scene because they thought it was a cutscene. But you could do skydiving tricks as Cloud as you parachute into Midgard. I mean, just because you don't have to do it... Doesn't mean you should. Yeah. And Cloud, I think, is the type of person who would do skydiving trips on the way in because he's that cool. Oh, yeah. Except for, is he that cool? Or but he thinks Zach he's that cool. that cool. Yeah, Zach, Zach would definitely do the stupid tricks. We land in Midgar, and we 
we meet with Kate Sith, mm-hmm. um, and he tells us we need to get underground because running run around the city is not a good idea. We're public enemy number one. Yeah. So we get down a manhole into the train the train lines, but because transit shut down, we can use them to get through the city. Which is pretty sweet. And you're supposed to go north. But I remember from when I was a kid, if you go south, there is a rare materia. Okay, this took so long. And it's so long that you start to doubt yourself that this is the right way to go. And you're fighting these terrible enemies that do no damage to you. And they just take ages to fight. This took so long. Abby, you can hear it in her voice, but Abby is reliving how long this took. And she's actually just melting in her chair. Yeah, I I think I napped. (laughs) You did nap. Um, And we got there, we got the rare item, the rare materia, and it's... It's a niche material because it lets you use an item twice. Yeah. Um, which has a capability to completely break the game, but you have to go out of your way to use it. Otherwise, it's just a material that uses item twice. And we're trying not to completely break the game in this playthrough. Yeah. So it wasn't the greatest find for us after all this effort. However, we then went north, and if we f- we find out that if we'd gone one step further north from the manhole cover we went in, we would have started a cutscene because who shows up? The Turks. The Turks. And it's basically what's left of the Turks yeah. at this so point. It's who? It's Elena. Yeah. And our two favourite characters, I think. Honestly, in this game, I think they might be our two favourite characters. Rude and Reno? Rude and Reno. Oh, yeah. I actually... I've enjoyed the Turks in this game. I've enjoyed the Turks, too. They've had a couple of times when their characters kind of swayed a bit. And yeah. they got really dark. But in general, they've been pretty great. They're just trying to do their jobs. They, they literally are. They are those like guys showing up for their paychecks and they're just so so in over their heads with what's going on in the game right now yeah um, like they're great for doing what they were doing before basically being the men in black yeah but they don't have any real special powers or special training beyond like they're obviously better than your average singer troop but they're like basically spooks yeah they're the suits yeah um, and there's actually a great moment where Elena's like time to get revenge and you get the option of saying let's do it or Cloud's like nah let's not yeah so like <laughs> They're just like, our order was to kill you. Like, do you want to fight? And Cloud's like, nah. And, and they're like, all right. Well, Elena's like, no, we're going to fight anyway. And Reno's like, no, I, I think I think, I think, think I agree with what he's saying. Yeah. Like, basically, it hasn't gone well for them. It hasn't gone well for them. Um, and so Reno and Rude are basically like, if you see us again, well, you will see us again, but we're not Turks anymore. And that's the Turks disband. And even Elena kind of goes, yeah, it's over. Which is crazy. Like, I, I know the Turks were employed by Shinra. And they're, 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 but they're done. Yeah, they're like they're like the the really heavily like they're almost like political officers as well. So yeah. they're the ones you think would be the most um, what's the word loyal or invested. Yeah, but they're just like nah. We we we're, we've been told we've basically been told to suicide by cloud. Yeah, because there's, there's no not, way they're gonna beat you. And we're not keen on that. No, so they they disband. That's the end of the Turks, which is also interesting just from this type of game where there's a recurring enemy that you you can choose not to have that climatic final battle with. Yeah, and I'm kind of glad we didn't because I kind of like the Turks. Yeah, I'm really glad the Turks survived the game. Or at least up till what we've played through. So we then head north through the underground and we come up at a section that we've been to before a long time ago. Yes, the section where we first saw Aerith, is that right? So the first bit we come to is the bit where Cloud gets ambushed by all the Shinra troopers and jumps onto the train, but someone's built like a big gantry around it. Yeah. We can't explore though because what happens as soon as we get up there? Did it? Did it? I don't know why they're pink panther songs. Anyway, Heidegger and Scarlet are there. Yeah. And they have the ultimate weapon. The big fighting robot called Proud Claude. <laughs> what? <laughs> I have no idea why it's called Claude. Like 
who you can imagine them sitting up at night being like our ultimate weapon is ready our fighting robot what shall we call it Claude. <laughs> it must be a translation issue. Like, there must be a word that's very similar to Cla- Claude that they wanted to use. And I can't help it. Every time I try to talk about this thing, I want to call it Proud Cloud. Because <laughs> Proud Cloud at least... There's a phonetic fun to it. Like, but Proud Claude. <laughs> like what? Claude of hair? There's a big talk with, like, we have... This is a bit of a tangent, but I'm going somewhere with it. We have a dog trainer, and she's helping us out with our dog as a rescue. And one of the things that she talks about us doing a lot is setting the dog up for success. Yeah. So we don't put her into situations where it's going to go wrong and she's going to have a bad experience. We always try and put her in situations where she's going to succeed and it's going to be a positive thing. You don't call your top secret weapon project Claude. That's not setting it up for success. Yeah. Come on. And then we completely jimmy it. <laughs> we completely jimmy it, do we? <laughs> yeah. That's a real thing to say, like, Claude. <laughs> <laughs> we can just make up words in this podcast now. <laughs> Yeah, we, we completely destroyed Proud Cloud very quickly. Yeah, but they, but it wasn't for us. This is the crazy thing. Yeah. It is anti-weapon artillery. They've yeah. bought, like, they've created, bought it. They bought it. <laughs> bought it from, from Amazon. <laughs> yeah, Shinra Costco. <laughs> um, they created it to fight weapon, and they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to kill this guy that's been vaguely annoying us for a while. And do you know what its scariest move was? Knee flamethrowers. Because <laughs> <laughs> when, when it used the move fire knee, you're like, oh, I've had fire knee before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been there. It's not great. <laughs> so it was a bit. It was a bit of an anti <laughs> Yeah, we did put ice on it. <laughs> uh, we put Ooh. it on ice. Boom. Um, it was a bit of a disappointing kind of like culmination of Heidegger and Scarlet stories. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm just reading my notes, and I actually wrote. That Scarlet said, I'll show you the destructive power of Proud Cloud. <laughs> so even you saw it's Cloud. Um, and yeah, we, we assume that Heidegger and Scarlet die when Proud, Proud Cloud is destroyed. Yeah, because... I, I wrote that to yeah. just kill them. I also wrote under this, I don't know what happened in this boss fight because it was when the Cats reviews came out and it was obsessed. That's, that's right. The reviews for Cats hit while we were playing this. So you can, you can thank Ty when we played the session for her. And like, if you've been listening on, you know that I don't read reviews, I don't read trailers, but I got obsessed. Yes, with catch reviews. Like. Which we might go and see tomorrow. <laughs> Just because it sounds so bizarre. <laughs> um, but anyway, this is not a cat's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Although it might become one. Um, and yeah, we beat Proud Claude. And we head north to the square that was just after where we met Earth for the first time. Yeah. And I find, that, you know... A, they probably wanted to reuse some assets, so they reused the backgrounds and put some stuff over them. But B, I really like the whole, like, we started in Midgar, and this is the end of the Midgar story. I like that. I like when there's a full circle in yeah. the game. And this game's been doing that a lot recently. There's a lot yeah. of full circle stuff going on. Um, and we climb the gantry, we save the game, and we confront Hojo. And we get to Hojo, and he's like, oh, the failure is here. And Hojo's like, excuse me why I monologue. <laughs> yeah, basically. And then he's like, no, Cloud is like... My name is Cloud. Yeah, remember it. Remember my name. One of the things, before we get into this, one of the things I was thinking about, because I don't really remember this bit of the game very well, was Hojo's monologuing. But at the start of the monologue, he says something like, oh, it's only at 87%, it takes so long. Yeah. And I was almost anticipating the game being like, Hojo basically turning around and going, I've monologued for long enough, it's fully charged at firing it. Like, the whole reason he's monologuing is just to waste time while the gun charges, which would have been great. But that isn't what happens. So he has two main things he talks about. And he talks about the fact that he shouldn't call Cloud a failure since yeah. he's the only one that actually succeeded. Yeah, and he feels that he's a failure because his failure is a success and all of his apparent successes didn't get anywhere. Yeah, and he's like, 
I'm beginning to hate myself. Yeah, and you can't even look at Cloud. And Cloud is like, this is trash, stop yeah, it. Yeah, for me. I've, I've gone through a lot of difficulty. I've basically rebuilt my entire memory and brain and, and psycho, psych, psychosisnesses. And it's all your fault. And it's all your fault, um, Hojo. But then Hojo starts talking about what he's doing as well. Yeah, so he says that he's going to give all this energy to Sephiroth. And he says, then he says, my son needs power and help. That's the only reason I'm doing this. Yeah, and at this point, Abby said out loud, of course he thinks he's Sephiroth's dad. And I just thought at this point, like, I was wrong. (laughs) But it was just a bit of an ego trip, like, I created him. Yeah, he's my son. But no, it's it's legit. Yeah, you find out that he's literally, or at least he believes, it might not be, but he believes that he is Sephiroth's father. Yeah. Like, Sephiroth doesn't know, but that woman... Lucretia. Lucretia, that Vincent was in love with. I actually really just, I'm actually sad that we didn't bring Vincent to Hojo here. Yeah. We should have done that. But that woman that Vincent was in love with was pregnant with Hojo's child when Hojo injected her with... Jennifer cells. No, he didn't inject her. He injected the unborn child inside her with Jennifer cells. Yeah, that makes it okay. And then he presented her to Dr. Gast. And that was like, I think, his um, application to join Shinra Research. I really hate this guy. I hate him so much. He's disgusting. Like, dude, that's your child. That's your, I assume, girlfriend because she was going to do it for you. <laughs> I really hope that she, this was all consenting. Mate. Um, and it's just not it's just, how you have a functioning relationship. It's gross. And tying back to what we said earlier in this episode, Hojo is the worst. Mm-hmm. And everything I think in this game that you've gone on to about oh, Shinra is the worst, this game is disgusting, it all links back to Hojo. Everything he's done is the grossness. Yeah. He's just this completely insane scientist who doesn't even understand the scientific method. Yeah. So, like, yeah, Shinra were an evil corporation, but at least they were trying to help, yeah. mostly. But Hojo just was out for himself. He had an agenda to help himself the whole way. Um, and his son. Who knows what other help he's been feeding to Sephiroth all the way through this game. Who knows? So, at this point, he's, he, he has a go at Cloud again. He's basically like, I can't stand seeing you. You're a failure. Um, um, but it doesn't matter because I've injected myself with Jennifer cells. Who does this? Mad scientists. I wrote twat in my notes. <laughs> Um, and then we get into a fight with him. Yeah, so I wrote, instead of writing we get into a fight with him, I wrote, he evolves. <laughs> yeah, you even said it out loud, he evolves. So he starts off as just a green man. Yeah. And then he like takes a capsule and spawns some babies. But the babies just got wiped out by our summons really quickly. And then he turns into a disgusting blob monster. It was really freaky. Yep. Um, and when he died, his like severed arm crawled around his body. <laughs> it was just gross. And then he turned into a weird angel creature. Yes, that's right. And then we killed him. And Hojo died. Yeah. Woohoo! No more Hojo. No more Hojo! Um, and then, Tief, we had Tief and Barrett with us, and they have a little chat on the controls of the gun. Um, and the real big takeaway from it is Tief base pronounces Shinra dead. Yeah. Hedegar's dead, Scarlet's dead, Rufus is dead, the old president Shinra is dead, Hojo is dead. Side. Like, there's no one left from the board of directors of Shinra. Yeah. Um, so she's like, it, there's the only people left who can do anything about Sephiroth is us. Right. Also, when this is all over, there's a lot of, like, Midgar's going to have some economy problems. Yeah, there's a huge power vacuum. There's all these soldiers that won't get paid. Like, just all the cleaning ladies. <laughs> the tea lady, yeah. The women the, in like, the canteen. Yeah. 
Um, the guy who comes along and cleans the reactor n- nozzles. Like, it's going to be a real problem. So, in, in the course of trying to stop Sephiroth, we have wiped a major corporation off the face of the planet that employs probably about 90% of the employed people on the planet. Excellent. Well done. Save the world. <laughs> well, we've not actually saved the world yet. No, we haven't saved the world yet. Um, and then the game thankfully fades to black and comes back to us on the bridge of the highway, so we don't have to get out of Midgar because that would take yeah. ages. So I was very confused at this point because I was like, so did we just leave Reeve behind? Yeah, it's not really... <laughs> Kate Seth is still there, but where's Reeve? Well, Reeve then does explain that he's gone somewhere safe. Sure. And this starts Cloud on a conversation. It's Reeve saying that he's gone somewhere safe. Yeah. Um, the Cloud says, we're all here for a reason. I'm here because I want to um, finish a rivalry. Like, I've got a vendetta yeah, that I need to complete. it's personal. It's, a par- it's personal to me. But it's not personal to the rest of you. You've all got your own reason for being here. There's a very good chance we're not going to come back to this. And there's only a few days, seven days. Seven until, days. Until Meteor hits. So do you really want to spend your last seven days on Earth, or this planet? Fighting Sethiroth. And possibly losing. Or do you want to spend them with whatever you love and want to spend your time with? And he sends everyone away. And he says, go away, visit whatever it is that makes you fight, and decide if you want to continue this journey or or not. And it's a really yeah. good speech. And this is, the, this is the cloud that I remember. That I recently like this character. That I've been really annoyed that isn't actually in the game until right at the end of it. Because <laughs> um, you just got weird cloud who can't speak properly. Um, and it was a really inspirational speech. It was really well done. Yeah. And it's quite interesting because Barrett's like, he was obviously really passionate he was the reason this group yeah. started and he's like I understand now that my methods were not right yeah I shouldn't have been blowing those reactors up that's not how you affect change yeah so yeah everybody leaves except for Tifa and she says she's got nowhere to go because Nibelheim was destroyed her family died she doesn't have a bar anymore yeah she's got nothing except Cloud I'm actually kind of surprised that she didn't go and see Marlene as well yeah I, I got the impression that she if she, she was a little bit of Marlene's surrogate mum me too. Um, but she, she doesn't go and she just stays with Cloud and they have a nice little chat. It's a, it's a bit of an awkward chat because Cloud is the king of being awkward. Oh yeah. Um, we know it and we love it. Yeah, under the higher wind um, where she's saying that you know she's here for him. She's always yeah. been there for him. And they've got a bond that ties them for a long time and that's why she's still here. And they talk about the live stream like that yeah. scene where they were both in the live stream and they talked about like what they learned and, and how that's changed them and she believes that Cloud saved her when she was in live stream before he, she saved him like he called for her yeah and, and that's how she kept herself together and it's quite it's, it's a bit it's a bit too deep but it's good I don't know if it's too deep it's not really something you can capture with us talking about yeah, it it, it comes across quite well in the text so then after that Cloud starts to be awkward with Cloud face again <laughs> but he says Tifa there's something I wanted to say but I don't know how. And he basically, I can't remember this clearly, did he like insinuate that he learned it in the live stream? I think so, yeah. Or remembered it. Yeah. So Tifa said, words aren't the only way to tell people what you're thinking. Mm-hmm. And then the camera fades out. Yeah. And you see this really nice scene. It's like the next morning and Cloud's sitting on the rock and Tifa's sitting next to him and she's got her head on his shoulder and Cloud says it's almost dawn and it wakes Tifa up yeah and she's surprised that she's sort of like been asleep on his side yeah but I just thought it was really nice you know it's she, really sweet it's really sweet she's fallen asleep there Cloud hasn't moved her away and they just kind of sat like that all night mm-hmm. um, 
And nobody's come back. Yeah, they're like, no one's here. And she's and, Cle- and Tifa's like, it's okay. We've got each other. We're, I'm really happy nobody's going to be doing this on their own. Yeah. Um, and they decide to board the high wind to get ready to fly north to the northern crater to take on Sephiroth. And they talk about how lonely it is without everybody. Yeah, the, the ship's really quiet. Um, and they get to the bridge. And they're there! Yeah, everybody's there. Barrett's there. But they all come in in like a staggered thing. And so it's Barrett... Barrett and Sid yeah. when you get there and then you see Nanakai running from the back yeah. and then they're all like oh and then Vincent comes Vincent comes in and Cloud's like Vincent I was expecting you to come here you're always so cool and Vincent's like oh sorry that's just how I am and, and then he flies off he backflips across the bridge <laughs> I'm sorry but if someone did that in real life you'd be like I hate that guy <laughs> it's just so extra Vincent and um, then they're like oh Yuffie isn't here and Yuffie jumps out from the ceiling. She's like, how dare you say I wouldn't come? And like, <laughs> she just, yeah, pronounce the stab everybody. And then she's like, even though I get airsick. <laughs> I'm still coming. Um, and then Vincent's like, you know what? I've really wondered what these two levers do. Yeah. And he just pulls these random two levers of the control panel and loses... Sid. So did I, what did I say? Vincent. I don't know why I said Vincent. It is Sid. Um, and loses control of the ship. And at this point, the crew all run in. And, and they're like, this is our home. We're yeah. coming too. Um, and Vincent and Sid's like, okay, hang on to me then. And they fight with the ship. And then we see a cutscene. Where all the wings, oh, sorry, like the all the airship components of the airship fall off. Yeah. And it deploys its super thrusters <laughs> and turns into a jet fighter. Can we discuss how Sid is a world-renowned pilot and space explorer, but can't seem to fly or <laughs> use anything? <laughs> Literally, every every vehicle he has been involved with has broken in some way. <laughs> the tiny Bronco, the spaceship, and now he's pushed a button that's taken the highway. Let's not in. forget the train. Oh yeah, the train. Oh my god, the train. Um, <laughs> and we then fly north to the northern crater in our new jet, and the, the disc, of disc two. and disc two ends. Um, we're leaving us at the start of disc three. So we've made it all the way to disc three, and I've explained to Abby that in disc three, if we want to, we start off in the northern crater, yeah. and we can just head into the northern crater, fire our way through it, and take on Sephiroth. But we're not going to do that. But there's a lot you can do in disc three before you get to the end of the game, and we're definitely going to hit a couple of the important points. Yes. We're going to find out a bit more about Vincent's backstory. Yes. We're going to breed a gold chocobo, which I am doing off camera. Like, Abby's not going to sit and watch me breed the gold chocobo because it takes a while. Um, I'm going to get Knights of the Round because I've never actually done it before that's why we're getting the Gold Chocobo um, and we're going to do a couple of other little things that like, I might try and take on all the weapons but we'll see how long that takes because we've always got a time limit to get the next episode out mm-hmm. um, if there is anything else you can do at this point in the game that's good for story and you know about it please let me know on Twitter because I will do it and make sure Abby gets to see it let me know Twitter at and we'll talk <laughs> there we go or you could also tweet at the Abby and Anthony yes. because I, d- I don't check Twitter. Yeah, so tweet either about two, tweet the show account or tweet our account. Um, I'm because I will follow it up and we'll make sure it's done for the next episode. Um, thank you so much. Well, actually, do we want to talk about anything in that's happened in this episode before we move on? We'll cut this out. Like, does anyone want to go over? Because no, a lot happened. I don't think so. Okay. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, our very niche little podcast about Final Fantasy VII. We really, really appreciate it. It looks like we're going to finish like just before the Final Fantasy VII remake comes out, which is hilarious. That's so exciting. I think we should do a bonus episode about the remake. remake. I think we should too. Maybe wait till it comes out and play through it. We'll, we'll discuss it off camera. Like, yeah, we don't need to discuss it. But I think we should. We never intended for this podcast to kind of um, sync up with the release of the remake, but it, it, it does seem to be happening, which is amazing. 
Um, and yeah, we're, we're just really excited to move on to our next project, finish this project up. I'm rambling. I always ramble at the end of the episode. Can you finish it for me, Abby? Okay, thank you very much for listening, everybody. We really appreciate it, and we especially appreciate you tuning in over the festive period. Mm-hmm. We are going to try and get one more episode out before we go on a break. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we will have backup episodes, but we're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah. As Anthony said, you can follow him on Twitter at AntWillTalk or our production Twitter at the Abby and Anthony. If you want to see pretty average Instagram stories pictures, you can follow me at the Abby Wilson. There are dogs and cats on that Instagram, just to let you know. Occasionally. And yeah, people sometimes message me as well, which is awesome, but if you do, please, no spoilers. I'm so mm-hmm. close to the end, it would yeah. really suck to be spoiled now. Yep. And be nice to us, internet. Have a great um, festive break and a new year. Bye. Bye.